0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, so last week was kind of tough, just um, mainly on the flesh, really. Um, if any you are with me, it, uh, it stings a little, but your spirit knows that it's right. It's like, yes. I need to make the adjustment. I need to make the adjustment. I want the anointing to increase. I want more grace. I want Christ in me coming out more. He's there, right? We just, we've we got to allow him to work through our lives. And it takes the word to renew our minds and to work it out. So we started out last Sunday with this huge opening statement, and I'll read it again. Obedience and disobedience are a big deal with the Lord. But what is obedience and disobedience? Sometimes we need to go back and define words and decisions in our lives in order to maintain clarity. We at times make such important decisions but need to reflect on them in order to see clearly by allowing the Word to renew our minds and to correct us. Mainly, our decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior needs to be inspected in order to move forward into victory. What we said and did in those initial moments with Christ have such an impact in our lives. If we've called him Lord of my life, am I then fulfilling it? In order to fulfill it, we must understand what obedience is through love. And man, we talked, holy smoke, there's so many sermons you could have gotten deep on all those words and stuff. I barely touched on a few of them, but I'll reiterate some of those major points that we touched uh, last Sunday. Um, one was uh, our job title and our job description. Uh, Paul brought that out in uh, Titus 1.1. He, uh, he says, I'm a bondservant. And we, he, uh, that, that description in Roman times, the term bondservant or slave could refer to someone who voluntarily served others. We voluntarily came to the Lord. But it usually referred to one who was held in a permanent position of servitude. Kind of sounds like that word covenant again we'll get to. Under Roman law, a bondservant was considered the owner's personal property. Slaves essentially had no rights. And that's one of our biggest fights is our flesh, right? Anybody with me? Man, it's just like you made this decision, but now it's a faith fight. You've got to walk it out. You've got to dominate that flesh through the Spirit. Oh, my gosh. Some days, there's definitely days with me that are more difficult than others, but we've got to constantly come back and remind ourselves what we came in agreement to, what we entered into covenant with. And my question to myself is, whose are we now? That's Christ. i got to remind myself, I am Christ. What's the Scripture say? It's not I who live, but Christ through me. good sir, soldiers and servants need to continue to realize that we have passed from death unto life. We must face that we have died to ourselves. Second one. What is, what is obedience? We brought that out. The obeying definition in Hebrew, to hear intelligently. I'm sorry, Bowen. Not so sorry. We're always having this conversation. Did you hear me? Ever done that? It's like coming to study the Word. Do you want to just read the Word, get it done, checklist? Or did you come to the Word, Lord, uh, renew my mind. I want to hear. It's a hard attitude, right? You need to hear intelligently, often with the implication of attention or obedience. To hear, to be told or informed of. The Word intelligently, have a good understanding or a high mental capacity, quick to comprehend displaying or characterized by quickness of understanding, sound thought, or good judgment. We'll get to that scripture. You know, you look into the mirror, and then you walk away, and you forget, right? Did you hear, have you ever done that to the kids? Uh, repeat it back to me, you know? I, that's why we got to continually have a healthy relationship with the Lord. Lord, yep, I, you told me that this morning, and I repent. I, I missed it. I ask for forgiveness, and I, I'll. I need to move on. I'll make the adjustment. The obedience uh, dictionary definition: compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. It's a continual, almost daily thing with me. It's is the Lord the authority in my life. Back to that word: Did I accept Him as Lord? It's a big word. Is He Lord? Is He Lord? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Obedience is the acceptance of the authority and will of God in my life. It includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in actions, words, and thoughts daily. To be obedient is to be in agreement with God, and to be in agreement with God is to be in a position of power in Christ. It's huge. We're going to touch on that again today. Point number three was uh, we came into agreement. The definition of agreement. Harmony of opinion, action, or character. The act or fact of agreeing, an arrangement as to a course of action, compact, or treaty. A contract duly executed and legally binding. And I underlined my notes was covenant. We must come to an agreement with God. That's how we've entered into agreement. Lord, (laughs) I need you. I can't make it to heaven. in order to come to an agreement, you've got to ask some questions. I brought that out in the natural uh in a employer employee relationship. Come to a boss, yes, I can agree to that, and then it looks kind of weird when uh yeah, I don't feel like coming to work today. Did you agree to something right? everybody done that? It's the same thing with the lord we We get in the flesh like, yeah, I don't feel like going to church today, no, Lord. Does my neighbor really need to hear about you? Anybody had these thoughts and questions? It's a flesh fight. Agreements are answered questions. Point number four. This is the one, oh man, Lord hit me yesterday in my studies. This is, woo, we're going to go, I'm going to touch on this one a little bit more. Uh, the love definition. And we touched it, and you can grab this scripture, John chapter 14, verse 15, in the New King James. If you love me, keep my commandments. And that word their love, is the agape definition. This is huge. This is so huge. That definition, we'll hit it again, is a love of choice. Not out, of, not out of attraction or obligation, it is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. Man, that flesh just dies. Agape love requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. This is exactly what Jesus did on the cross. I have, maybe have to rephrase that. Jesus was expecting something in return there. He reconciled us unto the Father. But he had to look past all that flesh And that night of, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, oh, man. He laid it all down. And then I said, agape love is found over 200 times in the New Testament, so pay attention. In that same verse there, Keep my commandments. That word keep, definition in the Greek. To watch over, to guard. It's active. And this is huge. We can't keep his commandments if we're in offense. If we don't allow the word to renew our minds. The act of receiving that word and making the adjustment. You can't keep it until you receive it. So you can't keep his commandments until you actually receive them. Or isn't that kind of, it's almost like uh, sometimes I get jumbled up my, in my head about putting the cart before the horse, but that is exactly right. Oh, Lord, I keep your commandments. Well, I get, Lord reminds me of those scriptures, the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. Oh, I'm doing your commandments, aren't I? Um, are you keeping them, though? No. Because then that then the act of keeping will then show that you love him. And it's a choice, right? Do you love him? Oh, yeah. Then, yep. I'll fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I will forgive them. I'll go to my neighbor. I'll reconcile. I'll be a peacemaker, right? Oh my goodness. And then we hit John fifteen ten. Let's go there. John fifteen ten verses ten and eleven. If you keep my commandments, he shall abide in my love. Oh, I must have a different translation. I'll read that one. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Anybody have a lack of joy in their life? may have a love problem. That's what the Lord's been dealing on me for holy smokes. It just wrecks me. Does it have to get that personal? Yes. Because if you go back to the previous scripture we just read, if you love me, yes, it's all about love. It's a choice. And I touched on last weekend, last Sunday was, you know, some of the um, commandments we're giving in uh, some of our titles. Husbands and wives, specifically husbands. Love your wives. There's no condition around that. Everybody, the flesh wants to find a way out all the time. Well, she did this, or he did that, right? That means I don't have to do that. Well, show me that in Scripture. You won't find it. It doesn't show you that as a husband, that I get out of the fact of loving my wife, no matter what she did. It's like, okay, I have a love problem. Forgive those. There's no circumstances around that. It just tells us to do that. And that's how I'm starting to read the scripture more and more. Josh, put your flesh aside and receive the commandment and do it. Because he'll give more grace to the humble, right? Do you want more grace? Pastor Sean's talking about the anointing. Do you want, the, you want more anointing? Do you want the anointing to flow more in greater amounts? Well, we have to make the adjustments, We've got to study the word. Love produces obedience. Man, I, yeah. <laughs> the degree of our love is measured by our obedience to Jesus. Verse 11 reveals that his joy came from keeping the Father's commandments and abiding in his love. The fullness of our joy. The fullness of our joy comes as a result of our obedience to Jesus and abiding in Him. And then He revealed this to me yesterday. Man, just wrecked me. You bring up John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Man, God is so good. A lot of times I'll study the word and I'm like, all right, go in a direction. And I'm a to do list guy. I want to get out there and start studying for this. Uh, I mean, I had it most of a study, but Lord's like, you got some more to do. And He put the brakes on. But before you study, you need to do your daily devotion. It's like, oh, Lord, I know. Okay. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And through Thy daily devotions, He brought this out. So be obedient, Josh. Therefore, my Father loves me. That word there, love, is agape again. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Verse 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I This right here. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Man, I was so excited. Jessica was upstairs and cleaning one of the painting or doing something in the kids' bathroom. I said, oh, look what the Lord just revealed to me. I got so excited. It was awesome. Command. Jesus received the command, so then therefore he had power. You may, We are lacking power. We're lacking anointing. We're lacking victory in our life because we have not received. Ever done that? Receive what the Lord has told you. He's told you some things, but to receive it, you've got to keep it. Right? Oh, it's so good. Like, oh, Lord. And then, then it's like, okay, I repent. Holy Spirit, bring back to my remembrance the things that you've told me of the Father that I need to be in, in agreement with and obeying. And where am I lacking in covenant here? Because I want Jesus glorified in my life. Man, I was like, oh. So then let's back that up to verse 17. The flesh can't do this, but the spirit can through anointing and the grace and that resurrection power to crucify that flesh because I lay down my life. Jesus was able to lay down his life. You can crucify your flesh daily. You can lay it down only through receiving his commandment and keeping it. If you think, I've done it. Oh, I got this. I can do this today. And then you fail miserably, right? You show through your daily walk if you've received from the Lord. That's a big statement there. Receive from the Lord. What did he tell you through your daily devotions in the morning? What is he ta- ta- talking to you and dealing with you throughout the day? Receive, receive, receive. God doesn't give bad gifts. God doesn't tell you things that you don't need to hear. He is always accurate to the point and loving and full of mercy and grace and empowerment to go with it. That's what, Ah, oh, I talk to the youth about it all the time. It's the cheat codes. Do this, Josh, but here's everything you need to do it with. Doesn't it get any better than that? Oh, my goodness. It is so good. So don't take offense. Be careful. It will stop your receiving. Just let the flesh die. Like I've told on myself many times. I'm dealing with it. If you're ever in direct communication with me and you've said something difficult to me, my nose will start to flare up and start puffing like an old chimney. Jessica has reminded me of this many times. I'm dealing with it in that moment because I want to control my flesh and receive and hear if that's what the Lord's telling me. Just put it under. Man, this is good stuff. All right, number six. Was schisms. It's a division or a separation, a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by difference, differences in opinions or belief. See a lot of that in the, you know many church splits, you hear about that. but that's actively being worked out in our relationship with the Lord. He has a very strong opinion about how things should be done. There's only one way to heaven, right? One way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. He is not going to change his mind. Now, we can come into agreement with that, or we can arrive at a schism, and that is not good. You'll you'll, <laughs> you'll be in lack of victory. You'll be in lack of many things of your life because of lack of agreement. In Christ, what he said. And that's how strongholds start to form. If you stay in that disagreement too long and not in a submission obedience, you'll arrive at a schism and then wonder why your house is on fire, your relationships are on fire, my marriage is on fire. I've done that and it hurts. Now I'm just getting quicker, quicker to receive, quicker to obey, Quicker to repent. When continual submission and obedience are maintained in our covenant, this is our next one, sorry, we enter into a state of being humble. I'm still working this out. This word humble, man, I have not arrived at I got this or do I understand the full definition of it. There's so many deeper levels of all these words. As we continue in our relationship with Christ, he just keeps revealing deeper levels. We continue, when continual submission and obedience are maintained in our covenant, we enter into a state of being humble, which is humility. Humility is a key ingredient in obtaining and maintaining our relationship with Christ. Proverbs 22.4 Um Proverbs 22, 4. I like it. You can go ahead and bring that up. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. I actually quite enjoy uh, the NIV version of it, which we don't have, is humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. For me, it ultimately means I absolutely do not want to be away from his presence. I'm afraid of that. And you see that continually throughout the Old Testament. Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. It just David, many in those Psalms, I do not want to be away from his presence because his presence is ultimately life and life more abundantly. And humility will help you maintain that. To stay in humility, we must continually take an honest look of ourselves and then take a real good look at Christ. I mean, he did it perfectly. So, my flesh wants to whine and complain. That's why I, I really, really enjoy the series, uh, The Chosen. It, it helps bring it out. And so, I'm like, are they perfect in it and invalid? No. But then they're doing a really good job. And there's times where I'm like, wow, wow, Jesus went through some things. Like, man, I can grow up on all this. I mean, his flesh was tired and exhausted. Come on. He was serving and serving and serving. Man, it's so good. Christ is the example and standard. And it gets real close, and this is where we're going to get to what I talked about earlier. James chapter 1. Be doers of the word. James chapter 1, verses twenty through to 25. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's deception, right? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. This is why we've got to go back and analyze what we did with Christ. Whose are we? Did I enter into a covenant? Did I enter into agreement? But he, verse 25, for, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, forgetful hearer, forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. I want to be blessed. I want to give him all the honor, all the glory, and everything, my thought life, my actions, my words, everything. Because he deserves it. And he's given us the cheat codes. Oh my gosh. And I wrote underneath underneath that, Josh, don't put your cross down. We're supposed to carry that cross. Carry it. Don't forget. Don't forget it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It becomes that way when we're continually in, in submission and in obedience, agreement, the grace, the humble, the grace incre- increases, right? Then it becomes light and easy. It becomes very difficult when you add a schism in there. You step out, and then it goes, oh, and then you're like a bull in a china shop, china shop and I've done it. Oh, my goodness, you just, you can tell, yeah, 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 Josh Josh is having a moment. He needs to grow up. Because you know you operate in the flesh and you just want to wreck everything and, yep. Oh, I've done it. Lord, forgive me. Woo! That word covenant, man, you can, and it's deep. I was trying to get some more layman terms on it, but I looked it up on uh, BibleResearcher.com and got some good points out of it that I want to bring up. The Greek word, I'm going to try to pronounce these correctly. The Greek word diatheke, usually translated covenant in English versions of the Bible, is a legal term denoting a formal and legally binding declaration of benefits to be given by one party to another. In secular contexts, this is what I like about this. In secular contexts, it was often used as a last will and testament. And that's good. That's what we did, and that's what we need to be reminded of when you came to Christ. The old Josh is gone. The old Josh desires, the old Josh wants, it's now lining up with Christ. What do you want, Lord? What do you desire today in my thoughts, in my words, in my actions? Who do you want me to talk to? Where do you want me to lay my life down more? I mean, there's so many deeper levels of that. You know, husbands love your wives. That's a statement that goes into tiers of depth. For me, it starts out small. For, my, for me and my relationship with my wife. Make your coffee in the morning. Help out with the dishes. Where can I, you know, thankful? thankfully we're out of diaper stage. Oh my gosh. Woo! <sighs> I thought we'd never get out of that stage. It's those small things, but we always want to, you know, make it something big. But it's the small things. Pastor, what do you need? My boss. Boss, you want me to stay an extra hour? Okay, got it. Or well, I've talked about this in, in youth, um, when everybody else is slacking off, right? We want to give your uh, flesh an excuse. You can allow everybody else to dictate how you're going to perform your job or your duties, or are you going to step up and rise the occasion and give them a witness of Christ? Now, this is what Christians should be doing. Last will and testament, and that flesh, yeah, why it has to be crucified daily. (laughs) It doesn't, I put it to death, but man, it sure wants to resurrect once in a while, if not daily. And I got to remind its place in my life. You're a slave unto righteousness. Let's look at a case study now. Good stuff. Jonah. Let's go to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. I probably pronounced it wrong, but saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. All right, pause right there. Got questions. So last Sunday and up, up until now, we've been building what someone with an agreement, covenant with the Lord, and working in submission and obedience should be applying. Does he have all that? I don't know. So I... If you arrive at these assumptions, I've got I, sometimes that gets me off, off point. So I gotta who is Jonah and who is this dude? Second Kings chapter 14. 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25. 1425. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah. According to the word of the Lord of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant. Oh, he's a servant. Through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath, Hepher, Hepner. So two things there. He's a servant, he's a prophet. So I'm assuming he's in agreement and he has got covenant, right? So. Jonah 1, verses 1 through 2, he was told something. So verse 3, I'm going to find, yes, Lord, right? No, we all know this. So let's go there. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. And this is, we're all guilty of this. Jonah 1, 3, but Jonah arose to flee. I thought it was supposed to be, yes, Lord. No, he arose to flee. I've done this to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish so he could pay the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He was on the boogie. Everybody done that? Heard from the Lord like, no, Lord, I don't want no, I'm gone. Like I don't, I've never done to that degree. I mean, this dude's going miles. I mean, I don't know how long I should have did the study on that, but he was trying to get away. I've done that. As the Lord told you some tough things, but you've got to remind your flesh. Whose am I? Uh, this will be something we'll have to do the rest of our lives. I am Christ. I am Christ. My flesh is a slave to righteousness. I will serve the Lord. Because we're reminded also in this, Luke chapter 6. Let's turn there. Lots of scripture today. Sorry, but not sorry. I love scripture. Luke 6, verse 46. Because this is what it looks like. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Here we go, right? Verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like where you like when the lord re- reveals some of those things in your heart and you're, some of your disobedience josh you, you want this victory in your life but you haven't dealt with this man verse 48 he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose the stream, this stream, and what version is this the stream what do we have yeah, it is yeah stream i don't know why it's weird and weird in my brain today the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. We talked about that earlier about the power. You want the power working? Do you not want to be shaken off the rock? Do you want to stand as a husband and a father? I've been in disobedience where I sometimes burned my house down, doing just dumb things, set my marriage on fire. Things like, ah, I need to be on the rock and doing Christ-like things. Founded on the rock. Verse 49. But he who heard and did nothing. What's Jonah doing here? He's running. He heard and did nothing. is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. Against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. I've had some great falls and I'm just, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to do that anymore. I want the blessing, the favor of the Lord working all the time. So let's look at the word disobedience, the definition. Lack of obedience, it's not rocket science, right? Lack of obedience or refusal to comply. Disregard, disregard or transgression. Failure or refusal to obey rules or someone in authority. Disobedience is caused by rebellion and distrust of God. To be disobedient is to yield to the flesh instead of surrendering to God and desiring His will in all things. It's that constant flow. If we're not doing this correctly, vertically, we've said it, many people have said this, ain't me. Vertically, we won't do it horizontally. In your marriage, in bosses, friendships, you know, it gets very difficult sometimes, you know, presidents, politicians, Pastors, I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you have a love problem if it's not working here, correctly, right? I need to go, "Oh, yep, because I have a disconnect here, I have a schism." Rebellion, definition. An act of violent, an act of violent or open resistance to an established government or ruler. Got a great example of this in, in Satan. Violence. The action or process of resisting authority, control, or convention. This isn't rocket science, but we need to be reminded of these things, right? Opposition to one in authority or dominance. Did we call him Lord? He should be the sole authority in our life. And then this will all work out the way it's supposed to. I'll love my wife like I'm supposed to. I'll love my children. I'll love my boss. I'll love my relationships. All those in authority over me. Open, armed, and usually unsuccessful defiance of or resistance to an established government. See a lot of that going on. Some of the youth and some of these groups running around. And we find that in 1 Samuel, chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, and he has also rejected you from being king. I wrote in there for me, the Lord is no longer looking for an agreement. In our spiritual maturity, where we're supposed to be growing up, but only submission and obedience. Because if you've got to solidify that agreement early, or you can end up like Saul here, King Saul, and disgrace yourself. And that's not a good place we want to be in. I'll be honest, I've been very close to being removed from some, from some things in my life because of my rebellion. And I could feel it in the spirit. I was like, oh, okay, Lord, I'm going to get willing and obedient real quick. I repent, correct me. And then you've got to reconcile some things in the natural sometimes. I wrote in here, if we're struggling with or about doubting God, we're still in some some form of adolescent stage. We've got to grow up. If you don't solidify these things in your life, you're just giving an open door to the enemy, and he'll just he'll keep poking, and he'll just keep driving. I've done it, and, I'm, and I've not used my authority and the words and the grace, the anointing, to resist them at times, and then I've allowed those thoughts, then take them captive, and then strongholds got in my life, and then I'm now complaining about things that I shouldn't be complaining. Ever done that? About your boss, your pastor, Politicians, i got to be careful with my words. Again, if we're struggling with submission and obedience, it's because we have a love problem. And if you have a love problem, it's because we have an agreement problem. You've got to go all the way back to what we did. I'm a big fan of equations. I'm a math guy. This plus this equals this. That's what helps me in all this stuff. I got lack of love working in my marriage. What am I doing wrong? Oh, back it all the way up. Add it all up. Oh, I see it here now. I've got a problem right here that needs fixed. I repent, Lord. Show me how. then Maybe I have to go ask for forgiveness to my brother or sister, my wife, even my children. I've done that. Talk about Humility. Yeah, dad messed up. <laughs> and then we get more and more greater uh, grace. And the anointing works and flows more. Oh, my goodness. When you're in, in line with Christ, things add up. I said a statement here last, uh, last Sunday. If I can find it. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. And your character determines your destiny. When you try to keep things in line, things work well. For your good, Scripture says. God's working for your good. That means you've got to be in line with him. Don't allow these schisms. Oh, man, I'd like to get to another one. Can I go there? Yeah, well, no, we'll finish this. Yep. So the, we'll go back to Jonah. So in Jonah, we won't read it all. Um, you don't need to bring it up. Jonah chapter 2, you find his repentance. He missed it. He went through some tough stuff. Sometimes those deserts and valleys are because of your choice. I'm starting to realize I don't want Those. I don't have grace to walk through those until you repent. I want to go through the wilderness and valleys that he's called me to do because then I know he has something for me in there that my character needs developed or whatever. Whatever the purpose is, Lord, I don't care. But if you've called me through it, then I know I can get through it. But if I've created my own wilderness and desert, oh, I want out. I want out. And that takes repentance So let's go to Jonah chapter 3. Everybody, let's arrive at this. So after his repentance, I've done this. I expect the Lord to change his mind. Lord, can we just forget about that now? I'll repent? Can, we, can you tell me something different? Maybe I can do something else? The Lord doesn't change his mind. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Let's pull that up. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, verse 2, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to the message that I tell you. I don't have verse 3. Let's see verse 3. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Nineveh was exceedingly great. Yep. Big commitment. Three-day journey, huh? So you have to see the context of what he had to do. The Lord doesn't change his mind. Once you repent, he'll remind you what you, what you need to do. And I'm guilty of that. Yes, Lord, I will do it this time. I repent. I've done it. So, and that's what's kept me in ignorance. and kept me in adolescent stages of maturity. Like, I, I want to grow up. He won't change his mind. Just be ready. Holy Spirit, remind me, yes. Yep, you didn't change your word. You don't change, Lord. You have something for me to do, something to grow in me, and somebody or something's going to receive from it, right? Are you his vessel? Are you his vessel? Because he changes not. I'd like to get some more, but we'll end there. Let's have a word of prayer. <sighs> Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Your goodness brings us to repentance. Lord, we just ask for forgiveness for the things we've missed. Thank, I ask for forgiveness of being in rebellion, allowed thoughts that came in and we didn't take them captive. And we've allowed ourselves to be schismed or disjointed from you, Father. And we don't want to be in that place. We want to be your vessel, your handiwork. We want to give you all the honor, all the glory in everything we do, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, speak to us where we need the correction, where we need to be in love, because ultimately it's a love problem. Thank you, Father, that, you've, that you hear us and that you're faithful to forgive. Thank you that you don't resist us, Lord, only the proud, and we're going to stay away from being proud, proud, Lord. We come boldly to the throne of grace, Lord, to receive mercy, Lord. You're so good to us. We thank you. We praise you.